Hey, welcome everybody. I'm Chuck Carter, lead pastor here at Family Church. Uh, we're located in Central Florida, west side of Orlando. We have five campuses. We have three languages, and we're really multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-campus, uh, multi-generational church. We multi-everything. Yeah, we multi-everything. <laughs> and as always, I'm, I'm uh, joined by... Uh, my name is Felipe Mendes, and I am your online pastor here at Family Church. And today we are on the episode number two of our podcast. And this podcast is to everyone who loves the church and wants to see the church thrive in this challenging culture. Yeah, culture. you know, and in this season of our podcast, what we're doing is we're talking about how does the church navigate our culture that is in such chaos mm. and changing so rapidly. Yeah. And we have to learn how to adjust to reach our community. Right. Before we go dive into this topic, I just want to let you know that this podcast will last about 15 to 20 minutes, and we're going to hear from Chuck, uh, discuss about this topic. We're going to be debating about this, but please stay tuned to the very end when he will share someone has to say it. Somebody I, has to say I it. I can't right? wait. Yeah. There are things that people know, but nobody will say. Well, I'll say it. <laughs> Gotta All say right. it. <laughs> okay. Hey, look, last podcast, we talked about the fact that over 90% of churches in America really need revitalization. Mm -hmm. They're not healthy yeah. and, and to certain degrees, right? Uh, some are on their last leg and there are some churches that won't last this week. Yeah. And we know that that's going on around us. And so first of all, diagnose the reason why, yeah. right? It's important. And uh, we looked at four reasons last week and there's more than and two weeks ago. There's more than that. But first of all, churches will pick tradition over the mission. Jesus has given the church a mission, but too many churches lean on programs and tradition. Going to do it the way they've always done it. And one of the reasons is boomer generation uh, still is paying most of the bills and they still are leading most of the churches. And um, even though they love change when they were younger, now that they've got older, they they don't like change. Yeah. And because of that, they're missing out on the generations behind yeah. them. And this also includes how church presents itself online. You know, if you want to reach this culture, you have to have a great presence online. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, what we've discovered here is before anybody walks in the door, they've mm -hmm. watched us online two or three times True. at least, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The second reason we looked at was just an unclear mission. Churches are out there and they've been used to programs uh, and doing things a certain way and they don't understand the mission that God has called the church, right? Uh, that we're to go and make disciples of all nations. Well, if you're making disciples, that means people's lives are being transformed. That means people are coming to know Christ. Uh, that means you're baptizing people. In fact, if I was in a church and I wasn't baptizing people on a regular basis, I would want to know why. Yeah. And the truth is that there's a large percentage of churches in America that didn't baptize a soul last year, especially yeah. in our tribe, the Southern Baptist tribe. And so God has given us a clear mission to go and make disciples of all nations, to be his witnesses. But a lot of churches, a lot of Christians, man, that isn't even on their, their radar screen. Yeah. We also recognize that we're living in a post-Christian culture. Mm -hmm. And so uh, people aren't just going to walk into your church, which means we have to go out and we have to engage the church in the culture. And we're going to look at that more today. Well, one of one of the four reasons that you share 
and that some churches they are doing is a such poor quality in delivering the message. Like the facility looks bad, the music sounds bad, the preaching does not speak to their needs. So this is, I think, is one of the most screaming things for the for this challenging culture. Absolutely. In fact, we we say it this way that we um, we believe excellence is important because Super. excellence yeah. honors God. That's right. And uh, and we serve an incredible, awesome God that's generous to us, and we want to reflect that through excellence. And uh, and so today we're going to look at a major shift we're making as a church. And the shift, go, and, and it really became obvious to me three or four months into the pandemic that we were never going to be able to do church like we did before the pandemic. Never. Yep. But it also exposed that what we were doing before really wasn't working mm -hmm. in the way that it should. Yeah. I mean, think about this. Uh, in the pandemic, we know that about uh, you know 50% of the people stayed away from church when churches were able to open back up. Yeah. And even today, there's about 20% of the church that just hadn't come back. Well, why is that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's either that they weren't even Christians and sitting in the service, or they were immature Christians and didn't understand the mission, vision, purpose of the church and why we need each other. And so what we're going to talk about is two models today. Uh, the first is the attractional church model, and mm -hmm. secondly, the missional church model. Hmm. So the attractional church model really started becoming popular in the late 1980s and 90s, and the, the church that was kind of leading the charge was Willow Creek Community Church in South Barrington, Illinois. Hmm. Bill Hybels was the pastor, and uh, their strategy for reaching the community was to say, hey... We know that most people, when they think of church, they think of Sunday morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to make our Sunday morning worship events, we're going to make them evangelistic. And we're going to do our church service on Wednesday and Thursday nights. So that's when you mm -hmm. come to be fed, to grow, what normally you would traditionally do on Sunday morning. Interesting. And their, their um, strategy was everybody in the church, you invite your friends to come, and we're going to present the gospel in a way that's going to be compelling. So with that were some unintended consequences. Yeah. First of all, it was almost like, hey, just bring them here and let the professionals take over, oh, right? Oh, my goodness. Now, yeah. that's not necessarily what they were doing, but that's, that's an unintended consequence. Mm -hmm. Secondly, um, there was very little worship on those Sunday morning events because they felt like most people in the community, when they walked in church, that was an awkward time to stand and sing. They're not used to that. Hmm. They also didn't want to say things that would offend people. So, Felipe, you invite your neighbor for three months, and finally they say they're going to come, right? Well, they didn't want you, your neighbor to show up with you, and then for them to say something that would turn your neighbor off so they wouldn't come back. Huh. And so their evangelistic services, we would consider the gospel being watered down. Hmm. But now they had a clear strategy, right? That's evangelistic. Wednesday, Thursday was uh, their church where they grew. The problem with that is 
Every church wanted to adopt that model. Not every, but a whole lot of churches. The majority adopt, of them. Yeah, yeah, want to adopt that model. Who doesn't want thousands yeah. of people I, showing up? I remember growing up in this same culture. Yeah. Yeah, and my father is still a pastor in Brazil. And of course, it has now he's running on the same model as we have as small groups. Right. But I, when I was growing up, I remember that this was the model. We have a kind of a show church on Sunday. Yeah. And we have this Bible study throughout the week. Yeah. And and again, all those unintended consequences. Yeah. The um, uh, the people were seen as really tools to get yeah. the lost there, so that the professionals could take over. Wow. The gospel, <laughs> uh, the preaching was a little bit more shallow than it should be. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That. Uh, you know, all of the presentation on the stage was supposed to be excellent, which what well, we've already talked about. A lot of it mm, wasn't. Mm, mm. Uh, Willow Curry could do it with excellence, <laughs> but a lot of churches couldn't. Yeah. And uh, the result was the church in America was already dying. Mm. It was just dying slow enough that uh, we weren't alarmed. But the pandemic sped that up. And it's like we woke up one day mm. and realized that um, that this was unhealthy. Now, as a church, we would never have called ourselves attractional. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that that uh you know culture kind of made its way into a whole lot of churches including ours in the fact that we gave our focus to the sunday morning worship experience yeah. right mm -hmm. that that's where we believed was the pinnacle of everything was in sunday morning worship service and now we're shifting that and we're moving from that attractional model to a missional model hmm. in the church that's right and, um, and, and so we're still developing that. But so far, here's some things it means for us. Number one, we're going to preach for discipleship. That's important. As opposed to, yeah. right. And so our, look, if, if every once in a while my preaching doesn't tick you off, I'm not preaching the right stuff. That's right. right. Sin is sin. Uh, and we are bad. God is holy. That's right. And the gospel is an offense. I mean, there are things I wish I didn't have to preach on. Yeah. That'd be a lot easier not to, but we're going to cover it all. And uh, we're going to call everyone to repentance. We're going to call everyone to obedience. We're going to call everyone to living on yeah. mission. One, one of the signs of revival is repentance. Absolutely. It, it's it's got to happen. It's one of our seven rhythms, right? Exactly. We're, secondly, we're becoming a church of small groups. These are both on campus and in homes because we understand that um, life change happens in the context of relationships. That's right. Right. Now, pastors don't like that because they want to think it's all on them. <laughs> but the truth is I can motivate. I can, um, I can uh, make you feel guilty. I can make you feel... I mean, there are certain things I can do, but I can't really totally disciple you if you're not in a relationship. Yeah. And so small groups for us are even more important than the worship experience. Yeah. You can watch the sermon online. Mm -hmm. You can't get that community online in the way that you can in person. Yeah. Um, so you lead a small group. Tell I do. us a moment about it. Yes, I lead a small group. It's been amazing experience. It's been, uh, uh, this is the first time that I lead a small group. I've been part of small groups, my whole story here at church, but now I'm leading a small group. It happens in my home. And I have my friend, my friends coming over to the Bible study and we're doing the Rooted book. 
Yeah. It's an amazing discipleship tool that we can use. Like they come up with some weird questions every week. Like it's if the first woman, because God is saying they create them. <laughs> I mean, what that means. Yeah. And like, you know, but besides the Bible stuff, that is also the relationship. Yeah. You know, we are growing together. As Bible a, stuff. That's really important. Yes. The Bible stuff. That is right. really important. Yeah, yeah. You know, we following the, yeah. the, 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 the rooted, the, yeah. the rooted book. It's, it's amazing thing. I definitely recommend. Um, but when it comes to relationships, and we have this time where we share pre-requests and we can hang out afterwards and we're going to eat an amazing food that we're just going to prepare together. This is something that we make together. Like, okay, that's going to do pizza. Well, let's do it together. Yeah. We're going to do something. Let's do it together. So, and why we're doing this and we're sharing our struggles. We're yeah. sharing our prayer requests. We're sharing problems, joy, testimonies, something happy, something bad. doesn't matter. The thing is we are bonding. We are yeah. coming together as one family, one yeah. big family. The other thing for us to be missional means that we need to think a lot more about outside of the four walls of the church. Mm -hmm. In, in fact, um, I would say because we're so used to what we do on Sunday morning and during the week at church, we really need to think over time about how to engage the culture outside of the church. We do that in many ways, and we still are discovering that, um, our Upward Sports Program. Amazing you know, opportunity. if we have a thousand people involved, a third of those are family church, a third of those are at other churches, but a third have no church affiliation whatsoever. Yeah. So we're able to engage and build relationships for the purpose of sharing our story and then seeing them this is amazing. Uh, start to grow yeah. in their faith. And so one of the most important things about that is online. And mm -hmm. tell us of what you're developing right now for online. That's an church. amazing question. So we are preparing a lot of good new things. Um, and I can list the, just the initial ones here. Um, one of them is Sunday service online at seven. At, sorry, at 11 a.m. We're going to broadcast remotely from um, Lakeside or Windermere. We're putting together a remote system that we can travel with it. But the most important thing is we are creating something for the online audience. So we already stream all of our we services. We do. We do. But this is different. This is completely different. Because there'll be an online pastor there interacting. Exactly. We're going to have an online uh, uh, host uh, interacting with them online. Someone will be over the chat. We're going to be talking with them. We're going to be pronunciating their names. We're going to say, hey, we are part of something here at Family Church. And and secondly, we're going to uh, create programs that can be fed throughout the week. Like Wise Words will be pretty much food for thought from our pastors. We really written amazing stories and things from the Bible that can inspire throughout the week. Uh, and we're using Proverbs. We're using Ecclesiastes as a base for this. So we, we look into the Bible and grabbing these amazing gems and bringing to the people as a short message. Uh, another thing is the change. The change is pretty much uh, uh, where people will share their stories, testimonies on how these churches this community has changed their lives and how the online community has created some impact for them. And of course, our podcast is one of them. So yeah. through the podcast, they will be fed. You know, we can have people from other church coming to us, watching this, listening to this podcast. Uh, so this is just the beginning. You're going to have some worship sets on there too, exactly right? it's on it's on the planning process Excellent. that is a roadmap going on so Excellent. it's coming it's that's coming. awesome <laughs> doing a great job Felipe. Thank well you. look guys we're about out of time and uh but before we end i do want to share my somebody has to say it for oh this my week. gosh okay yes. So for me, coffee <laughs> is something I love. I love coffee okay. too, yes. I'm a three to four cup of guy every day. And I know the news will say one week, 
Coffee's great for you. You need two or three cups. It'll help your other weeks. If you drink more than one cup, you're going to die in a week. I know all that stuff, right? But I, I'm well, a, this is my drug of choice, dude. And I'm addicted to it. But I'm a, but I like coffee. Mm-hmm. And so here's tell what me I how. Want to tell, say. tell me here's how. Here's what I want to say. Okay. If it takes more than four words to order your coffee, it's no longer coffee. All right. So here. Okay. I can have coffee black. Okay. Right. Coffee black. Two words. Coffee with cream, three words. Coffee with sugar, three words. Coffee with cream and sugar, four words. Anything beyond four words, it's no longer coffee. All right, give, so give me here's, an example. Here's an actual order at Starbucks. <laughs> Guy said, I want a venti salted caramel mocha frappuccino. Already I'm lost. I have no clue. <laughs> With five pumps of frap roast, four pumps of caramel sauce, four pumps of caramel. This guy needs a life. All right. Four pumps of caramel syrup, three pumps of mocha, three pumps of toffee nut syrup, double blended with extra whipped cream. I don't know what that is, but that's not coffee. That's That's all I'm telling you. That's way beyond coffee. And then let me also (laughs) set the record straight because somebody has to say it. All right. If ice is involved, it's not coffee. Coffee is, is hot. That's right. Okay. Every every person now at Paloma Coffee here at at, at, right. at Winnemere knows that I want my coffee extra hot. That's it. That's if it. It's got ice. Quit calling it <laughs> coffee. It's not coffee. That is so funny. So uh, thank you, Chuck, for bringing this amazing uh, uh, source of knowledge to us. This is such amazing. Uh, uh, um, you know, deep dive into this topic. I I always love to listen from you. So, and guys, please remember, uh, we're gonna drop a new podcast every other week. If you found this interest like it, share with a friend, and I can't wait to see you next time. All right. See y'all. See you guys.